Do you enjoy film sack? Well, we enjoy making it. Did you know that two of us have a regular morning show Monday through Thursday at the Frog Pants Network? Did you know that? Myself, Scott Johnson, and Brian Ibbett, every day since 2011, we do a show. You can find details at frogpants.com slash TMS today. Right now, we're the largest producer of fusion energy in the world. The energy of the sun trapped in rock, harvested by machine from the far side of the moon. Today, we deliver enough clean-burning helium-3 to supply the energy needs of nearly 70% of the planet. Who'd have thought all the energy we ever needed right above our heads? The power of the moon. The power of our future. Are you sure? <laughs> this is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind, episode 458. Uh, my name is Scott Johnson. Joining me today, Brian, he floats around with a permanent smiley face on as well, Dunaway. Hmm, emoji. Oh, hi. <laughs> Warning, this intro may contain spoilers about this past week's The Masked Singer. Intro responsibly. Now on with the show. Okay. Hello, Eartha. Hello, Clona. Here I am on Serangamuna. Anywho, <laughs> the helium-3 that we are mining to power 70% of Earth should be arriving shortly after this message. Well, thanks again for the almost live broadcast of The Masked Singer. I totally was not expecting to see Sarah Palin perform Baby Got Back in a bear costume. My tummy may never recover. Uh-oh, here comes the blood pukes. <laughs> Addendum. I was doing some reading in the operations manual on Gertie. I don't see anything in here about a suck cut. I'm starting to think Gertie may be operating outside his programming. I first got suspicious when Gertie crawled into bed with me the other night and offered a personal manscaping suck cut. Floby be damned. Over and out, rock and roll. God bless America. <laughs> it was a Floby. It was, all, it was, it was a, a total Floby. Totally had a Floby. Yeah. No, yeah, just a sorry, suck cut. wrong. Yeah, it was a suck cut. Thank you. Yeah, right. it was a suck cut. It was a suck cut. All right. Well, uh, with us also. Is that, is that like oh. the difference between the slanket and the snuggie? <laughs> Oh, are those? Is there still slankets? Can I get a slanket? Yeah. Okay. Can, we get, get a slanket? can we get through the greetings before we? <laughs> yeah, but I like the slanket. Right. Uh, so the slanket thing is interesting. All right, back to this point here. Uh, also with us, Randy. I think there might be two of him, Jordan. Aloha, Scott, Brian, Brian, Randy. and have I got a deal for you? Now, as everybody knows, helium three fusion fuel has given us the energy the Earth needs to do whatever we want except convince people to go work on the moon. Well, <laughs> I think you're going to change your mind and take this job once you hear my three reasons to go to the dark side. Number one, the moon is actually a really great place to be. It appears to have regular gravity, mm. so much so 
that a speed bag works the same as it does on Earth. Number two, we're giving you full use of a speed bag and also a <laughs> ping pong table. Did you know that you can play ping pong on the moon? Why is that there? We have no idea, but you should go to the moon and find out. And number three, you get exclusive access to a psycho personal assistant robot. This robot does everything. It talks to you. It holds your coffee cup for you just as well, or maybe even better than a table ever could. And it's capable of disobeying its own programming. How can right. you refuse this offer? You can't. You can't. Oh. You, you can't. You, yeah, I was I was concerned about that coffee tray on him. Yeah. That's, that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually a CD-ROM tray that, um, yeah, exactly. that Sam never right. figured out was just for CD-ROMs. I have thoughts about ceiling-based robots. We'll get to that in a second. Oh. Also with us. Yeah, he was, in, on that. he was in the ceiling the whole time. Also with yeah. us, Brian, he looks like a radioactive tampon ibit. He does. Uh, let's let's continue the trifecta, shall we? Yes. Uh, this is the personal log for Sam Bell for Thursday, April 9th, uh, 2035. Well, it's about two years and 10 months into my time here. So in two months, I'm going to be making my way back to Earth. Can't wait. First thing I'm going to do is swing by Kmart to pick up some snacks and then go to a blockbuster video to rent a movie. Anyway, <laughs> noticed something weird the other day. Gertie's display screen must have been malfunctioning, but I could have sworn I saw what looked like a picture of an eggplant on his screen when he was talking to me. Anyway, got to run and check the harvester on the northwest side. Sam Bell's personal log for Saturday, April 11th, 2035. Oh, it continues. Oh, it's more. Continues. Yeah, there's definitely some big secret thing that's being kept from me, and I'm going to find it out. I came back early from some routine maintenance on the rock thrower, and I heard Gertie talking to home base on a live feed. Then why am I only getting reruns of Bewitched and the Mary Tyler Moore show if I can see something newer? <laughs> right. Sam Bell's personal log for Tuesday, April 14th, 2035. I finally figured out what they've been hiding from me all these years, and it's pretty damn shocking. You see, there was this actor in the 90s named Kevin Spacey. Anyway, he did some bad stuff to a kid, and instead of jail time, they stuck him in a metal box with a coffee cup holder on it and shipped him up here to take care of the lunar base for the last 30 years. Come to think of it, that explains why Gertie sounds like a depressed Kevin Spacey. Right? In, in our defense, we did have the trifecta. Yeah, yeah. But how, also, this is a very limited cast and a very yeah. limited subject. <laughs> exactly. We, we kind so. of all had to settle in on... Uh, right? Yeah, but Brian, you obey the, Ibit obeyed the law of threes. Uh, That's right. Yeah. That's right. Three days, three, three personal logs. Yeah. Well and, done. If you were Mario... I don't, I don't obey the, the rule of threes. If he was day. Mario, Bowser would be dead by now. We're moving on to the next level. <laughs> I, I do scattershot comedy. That's what I'm I sorry, do. the clones are in another moon base. Yeah, well done. Well, very well done. Uh, yeah, the movie is Moon. It is the uh, 2009 uh, film directed by Duncan Jones, son of famous musician David Bowie. David Bowie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he made a movie about the moon, and uh, which I always thought was cool in a way because um, you know his dad was famous for that ground control. Space. <laughs> Had a lot of space-related uh, mm -hmm. songs, not just Space, space Oddity, themes. but but mm -hmm. Ashes to Ashes was the continuing story of Major Tom mm -hmm. and Starman, the man who fell to Earth. I mean, he, yeah. you know, Star David Bowie wanted to go to space. Yeah, and sure. he did. I, and I like that a lot, and I just think it's a cool thing that maybe the best, well, certainly the best thing he's done so far, maybe the best thing he ever does in his career is this film Moon. is a It's a nice, I don't know, weird, weird uh, sort of trip. Did you guys see Mute? On Netflix? Never saw no, me. and I looked for that. I when we finished watching Moon, I went right over back to Netflix and searched mm -hmm. for Mute, and it's not. Uh, oh, Mute! 
Yeah. You know oh, I, I was spelling it, it wrong. Search, it's not. You know it's not. What did you it's, search for? Did you search for moot? Did you search for moot? Please I say you searched search, for moot. I forgot the notes. I swear to God, I searched for mule. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Dang it. <laughs> Close enough. Because he was like a, he was like a, a, a human He was mule. a mule, right? Yeah. <laughs> but he was mute. Yeah. <laughs> so, Why the hell did I search for mule? Oh, my God. I haven't seen so mute So I guess either. mute probably is you've been on Netflix, the, isn't you've it? You've been at your house too long, just like uh, just like being stuck on the moon. You've been at home for too long. <sighs> I think so. I think Boy, so. Have woman, I. I keep seeing hallucinations of this woman walking around the house. And, right. So wait a today minute. Is, today never... is day 17 of my personal isolation, and uh -huh. I know that because there are exactly 17 little smiley faces on the wall next yeah. to me. <laughs> oh, geez. I noticed in a scene, I sent you guys a picture of it in, the, in our yeah. chat, but uh, you could tell they had done some takes, well, I guess. <laughs> well, the, the idea is that it, the the idea is Gertie's not good at uh, covering up stuff. because Yeah, oh. I, that's what I think, too. I think it's yeah. a situation where... Um, they, they just established wipe it over so that the next yeah exactly Sam... right yeah they established earlier that yeah. it was there fully this is yeah. one of those movies this is one of those movies i knew was good but here's the problem i there's so much i don't remember and at the yeah. other end of it i know it's good like i'm like yeah this is a great movie this is one of my favorite sci-fi movies but if you'd asked me the day before i watched it again yesterday Maybe this is just me, but I would have had a really hard time telling you everything. And and I had forgotten that there were this whole basement full of clones. I forgot oh, about really? that. Oh, forgot. That's funny because there were other things that I forgot on a on the second viewing. Because this is only my right. second viewing of the movie. Same. I'd forgotten about the the model of Fairfield. I'd forgotten about. Um, I had forgotten uh, he was a clone. How top that. <laughs> No, 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 I, no. That's the, I'm with, I really? did. I'm with you I too. I did. I was like, I was trying to remember if they were, if the misdirection was he was a clone, or if the misdirection was that Gertie was actually, uh, you know, he was reset. I totally forgot about it. I, like I said, I was, I couldn't remember if it was the. I thought he was just crazy and was subject. talking to himself again. That's what I, I, I uh, basically yeah. what happened is, you know, in the first part of the movie before you know about the clones, you don't know if that's really. A clone you think he's just seeing things he's talking to himself now or whatever mm -hmm. uh and that's i <laughs> i'm into this one it was actually kind of great because it was almost like seeing it for the first time again i'd yeah, forgotten about yeah. the twists and the turns and the stuff and and when it would happen i go oh yeah right right and then another thing would happen oh sure okay okay i got it now and that's a weird thing for me because normally with movies like this i'm i don't forget the major throughput of the yeah, story yeah. i don't know what happened there to me so one thing about it is uh this is like at the height of the new sci-fi craze right mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of new sci-fi that no one cares about but there's a few movies that kind of made it that really sort of like hit the top tier during i don't know a 10-year period or something where we're making where where all the filmmakers uh originally saw 2001 when they were like six yeah, and now they're right, right. now they're finally getting a chance to make their own whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and I I would actually put this in like maybe the top three or four. Uh, you know, like uh, Sunshine is up there. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What's the? Uh, oh, I love Sunshine. Oh, uh, I love Sunshine so much. I thought I'm of Sunshine forgetting. while watching this. By the way, there was a couple of moments. I've never I've never gotten horizon. back to trying to watch Sunshine after I got that. Uh, I, DVD that didn't work in my PlayStation. Nah. Their Blu-ray that didn't work in my PlayStation. You should watch it. Well, they they it's, all you know, have, I want to watch it. Yeah. They all have this like conceit that you have to give up on, and I couldn't. And that's the thing that I wish I could have watched Moon 
and just gone with it. But the whole time, I'm just like, oh, oh, moon gravity don't work like that. Oh, come right, on. right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I wish I, I actually, had... I actually was able to wave that away in my head. Believe it or not, I don't know. And, yeah, and, 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 the, and the moment when it works the greatest is when you see those rock harvesters and you see all of their detritus floating mm-hmm. back behind them. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, but what, is, what part but of the moon down? What part of the moon gravity through you? Because I didn't even think about it. What was what was ping pong? Are you kidding? Well, yeah, they're, like, in, but they're in the, in the, the base station. itself. Yeah, the base is artificial gravity. Yeah, the base right. is artificial gravity. Well, right, which is which is a leap that you just made without being told right. or shown. It's easy to make and gravity well, in space because you can rotate a ship, right? But actually, on a I, body, it right. would be hard to make leap. Right? I mean, you don't see him floating around or like pushing off from one wall to go to the other wall. Like, I don't feel like that's a leap. I no, think it's, it's not a leap. There's artificial gravity. It's it's not a leap. It's an assumption. I wouldn't call it a leap. Like it, it, yeah. I assumed it because hey, we're in the future where this really smart robot can do the stuff he does. Yeah, he's out the there harvesting the of, the thing. The, the future of the year twenty twenty six. Well, it's like 20... That's another thing. I just I've said it so many times on this show. If you're gonna set your stupid movie in the future, go far. far. Don't set it fifteen years in the future. Well, it's twenty it twenty thirty five. It says twenty thirty five. Yeah. yeah, I I don't actually have a, an issue with it being that close, that nearby in the future, even for two thousand nine, mm. um, because you want to still have some of those. Uh, you don't want to go so far that you've got to create a whole bunch of new. Um, uh, tech, other new Concepts. technology that you can't I'm exactly that you have you to. Don't, I'm yeah. saying you don't need to have that worry at all. Like I, I'm saying that a hundred years in the future actually isn't going to look that different than right now. Like, like that's what I'm saying. And you yeah, can, you're you, saying it'd be easy to just set it a hundred years in the future, more believable. Well, right. I mean, it, it just, it's just when 2030, that, it, when 2035 comes, you won't be, here's what happens when the mo- when, when the year comes that a movie is pretending to be in, we all roll our eyes and go, Blade Runner was so wrong about the year 2020 or 2010 mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or, or back to the future. Couldn't have been more wrong about 2015 and, that sort of thing. I get it when we get there, but when we're 35 years out, it doesn't bother me until we get there. Like that's the thing. I like mm-hmm. just put it beyond your own death. Like if I was Duncan Jones, I would want the movie to happen in a, in a year that I won't be around to see how wrong. I was. Or would I'm you saying. want to, <laughs> would you want to, as a creator, do a thing that you think maybe I'll be around there. That'll be funny. If my movie, uh, my movie's year comes up. That'll be a huge meme. Everyone will talk about it. Hey, this is the year the moon happened, and I'll be alive to see it. I don't know. I wouldn't mind if I was. I mean, eventually, <laughs> eventually, we're going to get to every movie that's set in the future. We personally won't, but but right, people right. will get to every future year that a movie is set and say, "Yeah, they missed the boat on this one." It's so just this kind is of like something you this just got to accept. Yeah, this is an interesting question that we don't have any data for. It's like, will people still be watching movies from now? A hundred years from now, because if you go back and look at what movies were available to us a hundred years ago, we're hitting close to the Wizard of Oz. But how many other movies can you name that were from you know the 1920s that you would actually still watch? But that, will that, this will this still be watchable? Will sure. we be using a different medium? I mean, I mean, they'll be I'm film sacking it. Is what they'll do. I'm saying you're you're <laughs> activating the core of my argument right now, which yeah. is that our activated our. <laughs> Our last hundred years has seen a tremendous amount of change in like 
three to five year increments, like just every, every five years for the most of the 20th century, tremendous change. Nowadays, not so much. Mm -hmm. There really isn't much change going on. You go back five years ago, I plop you down, you don't really see a difference. And that's what that's what I'm getting at. Like that that change in how everything looks and everyone talks and works. It's not. It's slowing down. And so you could set your movie in 2107 right now and just make it look kind of like it. Here's all you have to do. This is the easy thing. They just don't need to tell us when the thing happened anymore. You know what I mean? Sure. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah, there, was yeah. no reason, there was no reason to for this one, right? Yeah, yeah. just just let it live. They, you know? And did they in the movie, or did they just? Um, was it just in the notes that you know Duncan Jones was saying? Yeah, this is probably going to be about twenty thirty five. Probably because I don't I remember don't... actually in the movie there being. Well, the, yeah. the only year I remember seeing in the movie was twenty twenty six. I saw, I don't know where I saw. It. I saw it on a panel or something. Well, it may have been that. That might have just been panel twenty twenty six. Yeah, but it no, also... no, no. It was a year. There was a <laughs> there was a date somewhere in this movie. It could be also and, that they're and... saying it's twenty twenty six when one of the Sams, but one of the Sams, actually, all of the Sams are being convinced that there is in a certain time. So yes. so right. it could, if they were saying twenty twenty six, what's fifteen years from that? Um, twenty forty one. Yeah, so it's yeah. not might... quite there. But you know what I'm saying? Like if you if that girl, if that baby girl, oh no, that makes sense because twenty thirty five, she was about five years old when he's looking at her video. And mm -hmm. if it's twenty thirty five, so he's fifteen years in the future and not knowing it, he thinks he's still right back right. then. And I love that part of it. That's a great thing. And maybe you do have to have a year reference to make that work in people's brains. But I don't know if they needed it here. They probably could have gotten away without saying it. I don't know. You're you're reminding me of my favorite trope in the whole movie. Oh, I wow. love Let's love play this. which is this aspect of it, which is you got to take your iPad outside the prison to get a signal. Oh mm. my god. <laughs> that made me so happy that he drives off the reservation <laughs> in order to get the iPad to uplink. I oh, like that man. you call that chunky ass freaking military ass <laughs> phone an iPad. Yeah. That thing was right. awesome. I love that like industrial strength moon phone. That thing yeah. was one of my favorite props in the whole. I would love to have that as like a everything up everything about that. I just like his grin on my face seeing that whole sequence. Well, maybe. I was just hoping at some point she was gonna say, "Ugh, you're not my real dad." Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> right. not my real dad. Right. Okay, wait. So I, I got a question about that. This is a plot yeah. dissection, sure. but uh, when he calls her and talks to her, she, she's now 15. Mom's died a few years ago. And then she goes, Dad, some weirdos on the thing. And is that right. a fake that's, Sam? No, no that's, that's the real the, Sam. The original one is what it yeah. is. That's the original yeah, that's Sam. The, so he that's exists. The OG Sam. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Because I heard 1.0. Because the, <laughs> the voice was clearly him. And I went, oh, yeah. okay, well, there's Sam yeah. Rockwell. So here comes another clone that they just are lying to everybody. Right. By the way, the two guys that are lying to everybody are Benedict Wong and Matt Berry from the IT crowd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. He's one of them's the, uh, the manager in the later seasons, right? Yeah, no, he's those two are great because yeah. what a perfect combo. I love both those actors. So I had to go back and watch those because I started watching them, enjoyed them, but something else at the time was like, oh no, I need to watch this now. Yeah. And it's not it's, spoiled and I need to go back. It's Matt Berry from What We Do in the Shadows, my friends. Yeah. And <laughs> Matt, and he <laughs> 
so deserved more lines in this movie. Like, just imagine if he if he had they'd returned to him and he was trying to defend his company's position at the very very end. Oh, we needed we so needed good. a better mm. picture of him because I didn't even recognize him until he spoke. No. And I was like, oh, no, it's so it's so pixely. I mean, obviously as it would be, but yeah, you don't realize. I didn't realize it was Benedict Wong until I saw the uh, credits. He's a lot right. younger in two thousand nine and not so beefy, but he's. Uh, he was also. No, we're, he's, a lot, we're all younger in 2009. That's true. <laughs> Benedict Wong was also in Sunshine. So when you watch that, you'll be like, "Oh, there's Benedict Wong again." But anyway, uh, what I was going to say about something about that? What was I going to say? I forgot. I forgot what it was. Uh, uh, the Benedict Wong. Uh, what uh, we did in Shadows. Uh, I don't remember uh, now. We were talking good. about what what Sam Rockwell, Sam Bell was doing on Earth. I don't know. Fifteen year old uh, daughter. I don't remember. The, the connection for iPad, me. Uh, hold on, hold on. The connection for me there was the <laughs> what what's basically the last of the new sci fi uh, generation, which is The Martian. And in The Martian, you have people on Earth who are, uh, you know, like some some of whom aren't doing the best job, and you get a lot of ex exposition around them mm. and that's what that's why on this watching i just wanted more uh, of the people on earth i realized that this then movie... watch mute <laughs> oh yes definitely don't watch don't watch mule though because that's uh, that's right that's not it no yeah. Yeah, it's a very different film yeah <laughs> mute is set in the same universe oh it is i didn't yeah. know that yeah that's cool. it is that's and a, it actually kind of a sequel and it's set, it's yeah. yeah a bunch of sam rockwell right oh got, shit uh, I didn't know yes. this. That's why I was like so bummed when I looked for it and I couldn't find it. But I, you know, <laughs> you were the fi- you were finding this uh, Clint Eastwood movie you can't rent <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Um, all right, so Benedict Wong. I just want to make another point. He was also in The Martian. I'm starting to wonder if everybody wants to hire mm. Benedict Wong for their space movies because he's in all of these uh, things. Right. That's crazy. You know who looks like needs to be in space? He's, Benedict Wong. I love Put him in there. <laughs> I freaking love that guy. I really do love his mm-hmm. his presence, and in this movie, you barely see him, so it's not really. I don't think you can count it as much, but I just wanted to point that out. Those two guys are are there. That's a good catch. Yeah, well done. Mm-hmm. Good catch. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, did we? Did you guys discuss? I lost my I lost my headphones for a couple of seconds there. Did we discuss who was in the chair that he saw? Was that supposed to be little? Is that supposed to be Eve? Oh yes, I, I was that is the I only that's the only unexplainable part of the movie, or not really unexplainable because he's having hallucinations because he's been up there for so long. But I right. really didn't feel like we needed that, right? Because that wasn't the the hallucination he has of the girl in the chair, and when he sees a body in uh, standing out next to the rock harvester, right. that wasn't like you're saying, oh, that was like time travel, or that was that was one of his other clones that he was seeing, and blah blah blah. It was just kind of unnecessary. Yeah, you've been up here a I long tra- time. Right. Well, I was trying to figure out if it was supposed to be Little Eve and that maybe he was implying that there was some kind of connectivity between clones and the human because he sure. would never have seen Eve as she is now. But is there was, some kind of... Yeah, I mean, it was a, a roughly, you know, teenage girl with long right. and dark hair that, that um, looked it like wasn't clear. we saw. Wonder right. Dog, My... don't you know it's dangerous to leave a bucket lying around? She's our chick in the bucket. <laughs> she is. She is a chick in the bucket. Yeah, that's totally a chick in the bucket. Because it, if she had never, well, okay. So the one, the one way you could chalk it up, and this is the problem with the clones. We don't know a lot about how those clones are made. Are they mm-hmm. purely synthetic? Are they actual genetic material? And it's a human, and they're just you know, it, you they've got right. the same memories. Seems like there's some programming going on there, and there were some yeah. allusions to that when he was talking to the Kevin Space Kevin Spacey bot. About it, Kevin, Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey. If you're, 
if you're writing any kind of fiction and you're going to you're going to have uh people who don't know who they are or what they are, don't implant memories. I hate implanted memories. Really? That's just mm. bullshit. Mm. I don't know. Didn't bother me. Huh. I don't I don't mind it when they're like uh like I kind of like the f- when his when his console would show a, a hairy beard version of him for a yeah, hot second. Yeah. He's like what the frick was that? Yeah. And the that idea was that- Gertie trying to trying to save cuz this should be at this point this should be third clone, right? Or third no, or we're, fourth clone. We're going from fourth to fifth in this one. Well, I know that, but he's he's giving that should be clone number three that he's showing oh, on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. or, yeah. or it could have been the original acting. We don't know really. Right, know. right. Yeah, right. We, we don't know. But the point is that this, what it seems to me is what they're trying to say, and maybe they don't make it explicit enough, but it seems like Gertie is, if anything, this movie's about Gertie gaining humanity, sympathy and empathy right. and humanity. Right. Yeah. humanity. And, 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 and so he's and earning it. So he's like, all right, quick little flicker here. He's the one implanting the memories. He's the one putting the stuff in there. Now, whether that has anything to do with the daughter, I'm not claiming, but, but right. the daughter thing was weird. It was like when he was driving the thing before he crashed it and he saw her out there in the right mm-hmm. standing there or whatever. I assume that was her. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's a weird, and, and, weird. And thing I'll to follow do. this. I've actually got the answer if you want it. Go. Oh, you got the answer. I didn't. According I didn't to according to uh, a Den of Geek interview with Duncan Jones, uh, they ask him the question in the film itself: Why did Sam hallucinate seeing his teenage daughter near the start of the film? Was this ever intended to be picked up on more explicitly? And he he talks about you know being hard science fiction, and he kind of wanted to touch into soft science fiction, which is more fantastical. Right. He says, right. you hear stories of identical twins then when they're separated, sensing or having a feeling or awareness of anything major traumatic that happens to their identical twin, even if they're not in contact. So right. the idea is that Sam on the base is able to sense and feel that there exists a daughter, a girl, which is the daughter of the original Sam back on Earth. That's how they're all connected, and that's why Sam's having these visions, because oh, basically gotcha. this girl means so much to the original Sam. So according to Duncan Jones, according to the source, Oh, whatever. I'm not it buying is, it. It is twin telepathy, basically. Okay. What, uh, so it's yeah. twin. So, so they're treat all the clones are are basically twins of one another, and they and that and if this is a thing, like that that intuition that twins have, if you can right. really say that's a thing, they all share it, and mm-hmm. some are going to have it maybe more prominently than others because I don't know some form of natural selection in a small way. There's whatever, also, whatever. There's also there's also a, a cool, subtle thing about clones in this movie, and that is that the reason it's a three-year tour is because the clone degrades, and right. the movie doesn't beat you over the head with that. It, it's Not terrible. It's definitely depicted. When Sam Rockwell pulls a freaking sure. tooth out of his mouth and stares <laughs> at it, or he actually pulls it out of a toilet and then stares at it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. What, do we even yeah. need to go into what yeah. gross got out the most? <laughs> All right, so the grossest thing in this movie, I wrote it twice, three times, sorry. The first one was, now I look back and I was such an innocent child before I found out the other gross things. I wrote, gross, smudge marks all over his bed walls. So in his walls, he's got like black yeah. smudge marks everywhere. Yeah. And I thought, dude, yeah. nobody should be living like that. And then later. Oh, there's, there's smudge marks all over the damn place. Yeah, and then later, blood vomit in your helmet. Pretty gross. And then yeah, finally, awesome. toilet view, fishing out a tooth. This is the gross part is what I wrote. <laughs> this is and this is the winner. Yeah, here's yeah. your crown. Fishing a tooth out of your blood. Oh, ah, your crown. Well done. Yeah. Wow. Ah, nice job. Well done. So anyway, yeah, that was gross, and we should acknowledge how gross that was. However, uh, 
I like that the movie didn't beat you over the head quite yet with it. I thought it was maybe radiation poisoning because what they yeah. don't tell you at corporate is that he's constantly exposed to this helium three and and basically you're harvesting the sun's energy from from moon rock and transferring it to earth and and that process is going to kill you. So even when the clone part started kicking in, I'm like, oh. And this may, may still be it, by the way. It may not be that they're degrading because they can't keep them for more than three years. It may just be that the the work they're out there doing exposes them to stuff that they just their bodies can't deal with after about yeah. three years. Right, right, exactly. The clones are more susceptible to the the radiation of the base on the moon, and and that's why they're degrading so fast. Yeah, and I think that's I that's still that's kind of my take. Uh, I hadn't really considered that it was these all have an expiration of three years, but mm-hmm. maybe oh, that's the overall case. It, it's a hard sell because. The ultimate, like the ba- the baseline problem that is solved by the clones, is that nobody can be made to go do this job, and right. that's just nonsense. We we live on a planet where there's people who can be tricked into eating Tide Pods. I promise you, there are human <laughs> beings well, who would go do this job. Right. So, like we, you I was curious to... about the cost of transportation. And that's I was like, right. He touches on that. Like he talks about how, yeah, how much would it cost to train somebody then fly them to the moon and then you know have to fly them back this this takes out all three of those things you train well if Mm -hmm. that works until the end of the movie when the marines show up and you're like oh right that's right they have almost free energy on that planet they can come to the moon anytime they want well i'm saying but the idea is that you i mean maybe it's a loose conceit but the conceit is that you uh, that nobody would do this job because because you will die up there so that's why i think it actually supports my theory about the radiation because nobody can live very long up there because of this, so it's hazard hazardous. So you get one guy cloned and in constant, you know, reformation down up there, and then you don't tell anybody because it it goes against all sorts of humanity, you know, crimes against humanity rules, and yeah. so that's why at the end you get all the the news people kind of montage as the ships or as the his little pod is flying toward the planet. You hear it going. Uh, today the company's answering grave allegations of human cloning for the use of like there's crimes against humanity happening up there that's why it's uh a big deal like i don't think anybody those guys that went up there briefly they're just going up they're they're going up there to just keep everybody happy they're just like cleaners yeah it's kind of like all right well emergency situation they figured out he's he's become aware of what's going on we need to take him out yeah, and they go uh, and, and, and they the think he's dead. Yeah, and it's perfect. It's one of my favorite yeah. endings of, to a film because they mm-hmm. get there. It's all perfect. He's back in the shitty mm-hmm. seat, crashed and dead. There's another fresh one on the table. Mm-hmm. It looks like you've done it. And meanwhile, Sneaky Pete's flying back to Earth going, Woo! And I broke the jammer. (laughs) That was the most Sam Rockwell moment. It really was. was The second, but the second most was when he was dancing to his own little clock radio. But the first was was him going woo in the capsule. That was awesome. He was really, really good in this. And you, a lot of movies have one actor playing two people, and it kind of works. And you, but you're never quite out of your head that he's not both there at the same time. Right. Uh, this movie was pretty freaking good for such a low budget. The thing was made for five million dollars, and they did a good job of differentiating the two Sams, not just physically, you know, with blood and and uh, getting worse and worse looking health wise, but also even just kind of the the stance. Like you know, one of them, the one that's been there a while, more hunkered down a little bit. Mm-hmm. The one that that is fresh and brand new is standing upright and 
hasn't had the three years of working on the on the moon uh right. like the still other one has. still a young man mm-hmm. uh kind of, angry, exactly yeah angry yeah, yeah. angry young man <laughs> yeah angry just, young man. just and the and the they they play a card that i think is pretty ingenious although maybe a little cheap but they your assumption is the minute you see the kevin spacey bot you're like okay well don't trust that thing and then later when it's talking to those people and he, she, he it doesn't know that sam rockwell's woken up and starting to work his way around the hall and then he pretends like he you know wasn't on that call you're like oh yeah evil robot we're back to hal 9000 or whatever mm-hmm. this, this, right. this is one of those deals and it, it was tur- there was misdirection there, uh, and I think that's what confused me is because I thought the misdirection was that the uh, robot was going to be evil, and of course he ended up being not, and actually gained humanity and earned it, and was reciprocated whenever they took the kick me sign off the, the back of uh, of Gertie. Right. But uh, <laughs> I was I, I was thinking that for some reason I was thinking that maybe he was a cyborg. Sam was mm-hmm. for some reason. I don't know why I was thinking that. I was like, mm-hmm. well, why did we establish that uh, Gertie could could cut hair unless we were going to try to explain why uh, why Sam Rockwell's character was out for so long? There's a lot of misdirection that made me that that can that was good well played yeah, well played Mr. really Rachel. well played yeah mm-hmm. it was yeah. it was good and also but not the kind of thing like a lot of the Shyamalan style uh twists that they do in the end of his movies they make it so you just can't watch it again and enjoy it as right. much right like Sixth Sense is an mm-hmm. amazing film but the second time is not not because it's bad but because you already know so all of that lead right. up it doesn't have the payoff this thing still works I think uh it, and it, I think even works better like you know, you hear the music that he wakes up to on his clock radio is a song called I'm the one and only. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's a really clever touch, like a yeah, yeah. little nod to the. To oh, the... I was going to ask you. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. Let me find this clip real fast. Um, let's see here. Where did I put this? I made a clip for it. Um, sh- okay, here it is. So I was going to make you name that tune, but you obviously know it. Um, well, no, I just I just heard the lyrics. I actually don't recognize the song at all. <laughs> I remember this when I was in high school, but here it is. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> it's some hair bandy. Well, thing. no, it's not. And and here and here's where yeah. I'm going to be the most embarrassed I've ever been on film sack. What? That is. I just looked it up. That's actually Nick Kershaw, one of my favorite artists. I followed his music. <laughs> Your favorite guy. Since the, since the 80s, after Wouldn't It Be Good, I actually continued buying his music and, and you know, keep. I still buy everything he, he puts out, sight unseen. Yeah. And um, apparently that's one of his more, you know, one of his <laughs> but, recent okay, songs. But, but really? it's not, it's not really Kersh- funny. I mean, Nick I Kershaw really- wrote the song, but that's a Chesney Hawk song. Really? No, it's not. That's oh, is it? Yeah. The singer? Is Chesney Hawks? Oh, hundred percent. Well, now, oh, yeah, written by Nick Kershaw, performed by Chesney Hawks. Okay. Well, now, Interesting. now we're I, even uh, more embarrassed. I'm more embarrassed. Maybe now. that's why you didn't recognize it. <laughs> maybe that's why, because I—it's a cover then. Because I, I once I saw that Nick Kershaw did it, I looked back. I'm looking back in my library right now, and I'm seeing that he has—he does do the song. One I know only. this song, but I—I I have it in my brain. I, it is directly tied to my youth. But you're saying it's newer than that. Yeah. I'm trying to find the, um, let's see here. Because it feels like 80s to me. Well, it's close, it right? 80s. Like, Which is great. Like when like did, very early 90s, right? When did it come out? 
I don't know, but it's got that. I'm very early the. I'm pulling up the I'm, album right I'm now. I'm definitively saying very early 90s. All right, so Brian, so Randy says 90s. I say 80s. Let's see how we oh, did. Oh no, for sure, for sure 90s, um, and maybe even maybe even early 2000s. Um, very early. I'm I'm gonna say definitely a throwback sound if it is exactly. Anyway, it, that's the that's the thing that's throwing us. Why it's, it's, it's intentionally just, well, you're also hearing it on an FM radio, like or on a on a tinny. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he had a Let's shitty. See. Not not even a tinny. It was it was a it was a uh, a a clock that that uh, a wind up clock. <laughs> it, was. Of, it looks like it did look like one. I'm not finding. Clock. You know what? It's funny. I'm not finding. Oh, I'm yeah. I guess I'm way off. It is 90s. Yeah. Um. Uh. So, it was recorded. Uh. Released in 1991. All right. That sounds right then. Um. Oh, it didn't sound right when I said it. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. You said no, 90s. I agree with you. It still 90- doesn't sound right. Say it again, Randy. No, the reason I'm saying that is 91 <laughs> sounds like the zone. That's that's right around the zone. Right. And uh, end of high school or like yeah. Old. And and I guess it's uh, oh, it's funny. It's background music for a game being played in the Jones 2018 film Mute, not Mule. Ah. Oh. So he just reused that license. So I think I must have heard it on a Nick Kershaw B side. So I, I, you know what? I'm not as embarrassed because apparently it's not one of nick kershaw's actual singles yeah so i feel a little bit better about yeah redemption i'm embarrassed for you so it's it's all good good. that's that's fair that's fair Uh, but i'm in a constant state of embarrassment about me so (laughs) don't worry about it um yeah this this is uh we've seen source code anyone who's seen source code Uh, never saw source code it's the one with the haven't we watched it for uh no 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 that's the that's the what's his name uh October Sky guy. What's his name? Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I don't know why I thought of October Sky. Uh, it's he, like the yeah. um, Groundhog Day, right? Future. Kind of. He's on a train. And, yeah. And Michelle yeah. Monaghan. To tie, to tie this all together, this is the song. The the one and only is the song in Source Code. Oh, weird. It's also Duncan Jones directed. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah. it all comes together. It just makes you realize... I bet you Duncan Jones and Chesney Hawks are like friends. I'll bet they're like tight. There must and be. That, that, like, Some old, they used to come to his dad's parties or something. It's like, hey, yeah, what's that's, going that's on? My, yeah. Then he's probably the only one who's ever heard of Chesney Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm looking at Chesney Hawks. I'm looking, do I have even any, any Chesney Hawks in my library? So this, is, this, this song, The One and Only, was like a number one hit. For a a moment, for like a minute. Mm. And then I remember seeing him on this summer TV show several years ago called Hit Me Baby One More Time. Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah, I remember that. It was all about one-hit wonders, and they bring him out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they do. They did a new cover of uh, something else. I have no Chesney Hawks at all in my library of my hundred and whatever thousand songs, uh, 105,633 songs in my library. I don't have a single Chesney Hawks. They only have any, he only has any, one, two, Kenny three, Chesney, four, five, six, that? seven, eight, nine. He has nine total singles, so it's not that it's not that brilliant of a career, but he's all right. You know, his younger photos look like if um uh if Adam Driver and Keanu Reeves had a blonde kid. Yeah. Nice. Oh yeah, he totally does. Oh my gosh. Uh, all right, nailed it. Now he looks like a really young um Oh, who's the English singer with the the hair and the oh, the one with the hair, the really wild seventies <laughs> era. With the hair. Oh shoot, <laughs> the one with the hair. I can't think of his name. 
Enough information <laughs> provided. It's, he's been <laughs> no around results forever. Found. It's super top 40 80s guy. I can't think of his name. I don't know why. All right. Uh, the South Park right. made fun of him, had him in a wheelchair all the time. Oh, really? Um, ah! Someone at home's hmm. yelling at their freaking phone right this now. This was the... This this was the perfect little encapsulation of Sam Rockwell's sort of acting genius in he's a movie so like good. this. So good. Uh, because he has to, like, he's a character that has to entertain himself. He's a character that has to do everything for himself, right? Yeah. Like, even even uh, allowing that there's a robot talking to him. You Not everything. <laughs> what? What do you mean? What? Not everything. What do you mean there? Flobies? Oh. He can cut his own hair. <laughs> That's, but that is like a, a, a suck cut is exactly that. You're cutting your own hair. You're doing it for yourself, mm, right? Yeah. And like it's just hard to imagine what you you agree, you know, like Sylvester Stallone was considered for this role. Like it's hard to imagine anyone actually doing it as well as him. And in the absence of Sam Rockwell, there's no way we're talking about this movie. There's I think no you're, way. I think I agree. I think he's he is. I mean, I, I always like. I him. think mm-hmm. Tom Hanks could have pulled it off. I think Ibbitt says this all the time, where he's like, everything he's in is elevated, and in this, yeah. And in this particular case, where he is everything in it, it's not like he's just making it better because he's in it. It's it's like a true showcase of, showcase of what that dude is capable mm-hmm. of, and I don't know. I th- and he, this was written for him, right? Like Duncan Jones basically wrote this movie. Yeah with sam rockwell in mind as the right. character he was so, trying to work right. with him on other perfectly, stuff and didn't... it's perfectly done it is i would actually believe more that duncan jones is good friends with uh sam rockwell than he's friends with kenny chesney or yeah. chesney kenny chesney kenny chesney, chesney hawks, chesney hawks. They actually, <laughs> if you, see i've like, already forgotten who this guy is sadly if you look That's at if, how much of an impression at, chesney hawks has made on him if you look at rockwell's uh interviews like his his promotion stuff around this movie like it's all on youtube yeah uh you actually don't get the impression that he even really knew who duncan jones was before this movie like well, the, they should do the more pitch, together. The pitch, was, yeah. the pitch was, I wrote it for you. And of course, like as an actor, you take that really seriously, right? right? Mm-hmm. You, like it's hard to turn down. But I don't, I don't know. Like I, yeah, Rockwell, Rockwell doesn't sound like he love loves the movie. Mm. And then later on, he finds himself at like San Diego Comic-Con five or ten years later. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's you know one of my best. Like, well, he's sometimes you're to too it. close to it. You know, you're too close to it. You've yeah. seen your own work and you're like, yeah, I don't want to look at that anymore. And it was hard. This is clearly like a, a labor. And I don't mean of love like he labored for the for this role. Uh, sometimes that puts you off for a while. You got to get away from it and then come back later and have a more objective I, view. Of I things. I would agree with you if it was a movie like the the Tom Hanks one what, that takes a long time, but they did this in a month. Like it was over and done so fast. You know, like four weeks of movie making. Mm. Well, um, even even the, harder. What's then? the Tom Hanks one? Uh, Castaway. Castaway. Yeah, Castaway. They did like a, that over island. a long time because you got to get skinny and then fat and all that. Yeah, that's that. That seems grueling to me. But yeah. I don't know about this one. Like, but uh, having said that. And uh, having been in isolation for seventeen point two days now, I uh, I could see it being grueling. My yeah. gosh, it's a it's a really great role and an amazing performance. And I don't know if he was nominated for much that year, but it's a shame that he wasn't. If he wasn't, mm-hmm. because he deserves it. Um, didn't he win for uh, uh, the Ebbing Billboards deal thing? Three billboards yes. outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, 
Certainly nominated. No, because I remember him being on stage accepting the award. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. best supporting or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he needs yeah. to just get all awards every time he does a thing. That guy's just he so freaking absolutely great. Absolutely does. Yeah, uh, so he good. was nominated for for Vice for uh, best supporting actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he was nominated for uh, Fosse Verdon uh, last year mm-hmm. in the Emmys. Yeah, didn't he something? Oh. The one he won for was the Bush one, right? <clears throat> Did you just say that was the one for? Um, he was nominated for the the. Um, oh, the, for Cheney's uh, Dick. Cheney's. Or, what was it called? Vice. It was called Vice, Vice not Dick. No, that was a different one. But there was a movie called Dick, but <laughs> not that movie. Oops. Not that movie. No, he was nominated for uh, for Vice for playing uh, W, but right. uh, he won for three billboards. So that's an impressive thing. When you play George W. Bush, you are absolutely ter- in the territory of just mimicking, right? You're just Totally doing yeah. that that thing Bush did to get nominated for it means you took it somewhere else and he's just oh, that guy's great. He's great, and it's sad. Well, not sad because he does such a great job of it, but it feels like in more recent movies they've kind of used him as we kind of need a slightly lovable racist. Yeah. yeah. And okay, uh, but I I don't know. Like I I I see what you're saying. I just think that Three Billboards is such a complicated movie, and those are such complicated characters mm-hmm. that I, I hate to see it summarized like that. Well, well, yeah, yeah. But I'm thinking, I'm right. more or less, more or less, the roles he's had lately are that kind of that guy, is what you're saying. Right. It's like there's three or ooh, Dunaway. I'm getting weird, weird echo. Weird echo. Yeah. yeah. Is that coming from Dunaway? Yeah, Dunaway is Mike. Mike Dunaway, you there? Right yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's better. It's better, better now. I mean, well, and you know, a role where he could have played a racist, Jojo Rabbit. He's just a he's a fun-loving uh, cross-dressing Nazi. Oh Nazi. shit! I forgot he was in that. I haven't seen that yet. I need to freaking see it. What's wrong? With and me? Richard Jewell, he was in this last year as kind of the lawyer who who helps Richard Jewell. Not a racist in that one. So no. when's the last? Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe. Oh, sorry. Hmm? When was the last time we saw him here? I guess it was uh, Match Matchstick Men. Was that the last one? I think so. Uh, P- uh, Polter, the did we see the? Oh no, we never saw the re the remake of Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know him. he was in that. We should see that now that he's in that. We should see that. Now um, I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've talked about Iron Man two at some point um, on this because that feels like the the one we could do. Yeah, yeah. he's he's getting work. Uh, Matchstick Men. Yeah, I think that Hitchhiker's Guide to be a good one for film sack too. Which Hitchhiker's uh, Guide. Yeah. He makes a great uh, Zaphod Beeblebrox. Yeah, he's very oh, good yeah. in there. Totally agree. I like that movie. I like it's that. It's kind mo- of hard to. It, it's hard to come up with a lot of actors that are in his same lane. Mm. He's like the king of the Sam Rockwell lane, and it's like when you think about it, you know, like I guess maybe the previous generation had Gary Oldman. I don't. I don't know who it is. Mm. That, Gary like, Oldman's yeah. a good a good example. Yeah, yeah. that's close. Um, by the way, so there's been this big argument in Hollywood in the last few days about who should play uh, in the dramatization version of the Tiger King, who should play uh, freaking Joe Exotic. <laughs> and two, the two names that keep getting bandied about are Dax Shepard, who's been very, very vocal oh. about wanting to do it, and um, Edward Norton. So they're having like a fun little Twitter spat, and that's fake. Is there this. any argument? Dax Shepard feels like it's the role he was made to play. It'd be a pretty it good, does. but I'm going to argue that uh, Sam Rockwell could probably rock that role. Yeah, yeah could do probably it. could. Yeah, especially Who later in life. Play, uh, Doc... Uh, Oh my gosh, dude! Doc I don't creepy, know. creepy fingers. <laughs> Do not like that guy. He gave me the willies the whole time. Dunaway, when you watch this thing, and you really should, I am. It's, gotta, it's on my list. It's so weird. Everyone's 
All right. Uh, hey, check out this trivia. It was shot during the writer strike, the 2008 or so, whenever that was. Writer strike caused most of the production at Shepperton Studios to shut down. However, Duncan Jones says he got a number of top class effects people on the crew because of the lull. They were all like looking for work, and he's like, "All right, well, let's get the. You're not writing anything. You're effects guys. Get in here." And he's an effects dude anyway. That's where he started. Was getting into film was doing special effects, and so he had an eye for it already. I think the moon stuff looks okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. I think yeah, it looks great it, for 2009. Yeah, and for the budget, it was definitely better than. And okay, it doesn't but. need to look. You know, there's not like these big special effects fight scenes or anything that happened out in space that you need. You know, you really need to worry about. It, he goes out there. There's less gravity. He's got to pull himself out of a a, a rover and mm-hmm. uh, drive back to the base. There's not a lot of. They don't have to have a lot of great special effects for those things by the way those harvesters were named matthew luke mark and john nice. yeah biblical very biblical every time uh the um movie is referred to in you know like popular media they always say someone always says made for only five million dollars mm. like fi- wow five million dollars gets you some pretty good moon exteriors i never once thought Oh, I'm looking at video game footage. Mm-hmm. You know, like no, mm-hmm. it was it was pretty good. It's pretty for, good, especially for its time. But remember, I mean, we're talking twenty two thousand nine dollars. This was five million. <clears throat> Star Wars was seven point five million in nineteen seventy six. So <laughs> it's wow. it's crazy to think that for under under the amount that G- George Lucas made it all the way back then, not accounting for I don't I just I have no idea what the you know, inflation would be on that. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's a lot more, but um, that's still, I mean, that's pretty bare bones and it's, and it works yeah. really well. Like it, it, the interior shots are awesome. I love that kind of dank, overly white, uh, almost hospital style, but then mm-hmm. griming it all up with like hand marks and stuff just gives it this feeling of like, dude, you've been here for three freaking years and it's nasty yeah. work. And all the, all the technology was very boxy, very much. Right. From well, his influences of seventies. Yeah. Uh, and you wanted to talk about uh, ceiling outrageous. robots and the whole Gladys thing, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Gladys so comparison. I, so I love the idea of, of this and it's actually not that crazy. There's lots of ex- like real world examples of, of ceiling based robot and it's, it's pathing and that sort of stuff. Uh, Blade Runner 2049 did this with some pathing for the holograph chick uh, from the ceiling. It was like a little device mm-hmm. that would move around the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it creates both versatility and restriction. Unlike right. a robot that could just be on its bipedal feet and walk anywhere it wants to, this thing has to live in the tracks. And right. that's interesting to me for some reason. I don't know why. I can't really I tell you really why. I just love that it, idea. It's just cool. It limits Gertie's... Uh you know, it, it, he's not omniscient. He's 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 limited, yeah. and and we've established that by him being limited there. So yeah, but I, I do I like love that the, the moment you needed the, the arm, you could get it. Like I need to pat him on the back mm-hmm. to make him feel better. Yeah, or yeah. I need to I need to do his <laughs> right. keyboard uh, password. The password. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. All the right places for that. Because you think but... it might you think it might be like coming to attack him or Vulcan nerve pinch him or something. Right. And, like yeah. scoots by him and taps on the keyboard. The trivia, the, the trivia about Kevin Spacey taking this role is is very much a before Kevin Spacey was revealed to be the douchebag that he is, uh, because it says things like, uh, you know, was unwilling to do the VO until he had seen the completed film, and and even then he had to really like it before he would agree to do any of this. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, all right, <laughs> Mister High and Mighty, freaking yeah. 
Yeah, I bet you'd take anything now, wouldn't you, yeah. dude? Right. <laughs> yeah. You'd be Gertie now, wouldn't you, buddy? Anyway. You'd be Gertie and Gertie. E.T. if you had to. Yeah, he would if you had to. Anyway, I really liked it. I don't really have a lot of fault with it. No. Like, straight no, up. It holds he up. was. Yeah. Uh, Ke- Kevin Spacey was perfect for this role, but I mean, at that time, Duncan Jones has the ultimate fallback option. You know, like he can just ask his dad to do that character. Oh, that would have been cool. Been, he would have been fine. Yeah. I would have been into that. Like a David Bowie voice, a little bit modulated. That would have been rad. <laughs> Listen, Sarah. You would you to... like to have some coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> That'd be amazing. All right. Uh, All right. Anything else before I move to clips? Clippies? I got clips. Just, uh, just anybody the- else uh, fooled by the very beginning thinking that you'd gotten, to, like, you're all of a sudden seeing commercials on Netflix? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was very uh, much just Viridian my, Dynamics. Just my child. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> he was on his way to bed. Like, I always start oh. this thing. I always start these movies just right as he's going to bed. Yeah. And so he gets to see the first minute, which is conceivably not, you know, r-rated or Mm -hmm. right like most usually usually most of our movies most of our movies don't start off with the adult content right uh and so like i have this on and my my kid is just like what is this what is the like why why are you watching commercials and like it the commercial here actually seems kind of modern and current now Mm -hmm. right like it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem that far off in the future it seemed legit Uh, i have uh, when i played at the top of the show his voice sounds like the one of the one of the phone one of the siri options um let me just Play a little bit of it again. Oh. Right now, we're the largest producer of fusion energy in the world. There's something about his voice. You know, oh yeah, I, I think, and also the the alarm sound was straight out of uh, Apple uh, alarm noises. Oh yeah, totally. yeah. But why why we're on the opening? Can I have a trip alert? Yeah, why not? Why the heck not? Hold on, I gotta find it. There it is. Your uh, your titles that are baked into the the canvas of what we're seeing. Oh yeah. I was going to ask you guys what you thought of those are going to look so 2010 in a few years. They're going to look so 2010. They don't do it as much as they used to. Yeah. There was a, there was a, you know what the popular thing now is gigantic screen filling, thick, bold Mm -hmm. font. You notice that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. So if it's like, Hey, um, you're now in Kansas. Establishing shot, whatever it is. It'll say Kansas city, Missouri and giant, huge letters that are just like opaque and cover the whole screen. That's going to look very 20 teens very soon. <laughs> so, yeah. There t- was a lot of effort taken to make it so that the titles, the, you know, the, the credits and the opening uh, moved as the camera was moving. Yeah. It was That was actually really cool. Yeah. It, I'm just saying that is not aging well. It is not looking good as time goes. And they're not the only no, ones. But- Everybody does. There A whole bunch of movies did this, and none of it's going to age very well. I yeah, we saw, we saw that in uh, the beginning of Panic Room, those titles that, you know, it looked oh. like they were superimposed over the city and you're flying around them. And mm-hmm. They even took like shadows and stuff and uh-huh. yep. like they were in yep. the environment. It's such a weird thing. And the thing is, you want to, your movie, when it's like this, it's a serious movie, you want it to be timeless. So I, I, I feel like that is working against your own best interest. Yeah. Well, they, I don't know. Then they come back again, like every intro of... Text or whatever that Tarantino uses looks like it's ripped from 1972, mm-hmm. and and we all love it now, <laughs> you know, because it's like yeah. oh, it's cool, it's retro. So it's, you got to let the it cycle. Was made, happen. It was made retro as opposed to making it look current, and then right. uh, one day this <laughs> like one day this like uh, perspective correct floating in the real space letters will look cool again, but it won't be for a very very long time. Right. All right, here's some clips. Uh, I don't remember most of this. 
so I'll just play it. Here you go. You guys been to any good parties or anything? <laughs> like a stoner. There's a, there's a characterization there, though, that I'm like, you know what? That guy, the guy you just heard, yeah. he would have woke up all the clones. Every one of them. Yeah. He would have gone downstairs and, and got them all. He would have had 50 Sam Rockwell standing around. And the problem is you need the robot to do it because nobody knows how to do it except Gertie. And then you need more places to do it. They only had the one place. Like they yeah. don't, I don't know if they could have done it. They'd have to just start with one and keep going, and Gertie would have to agree. So I don't know if that's as tenable as it sounds, but maybe, maybe. Uh, he had a clapper. Here's proof. <laughs> I thought that made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the year's 2036, and you got a freaking clapper. Right. And how come they didn't, they kept playing all these old shows, but not one episode of The Honeymooners? <laughs> I mean, was that just two spot on? Pow! To the moon, Alice! To the Alice, I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. been... Also, right doesn't that get done a lot in other other movies done away? Like it feels like it's absolutely. Been, yeah. And I'm like, why would you miss this opportunity? Yeah, maybe you had to license it, and Bewitched was cheap. I don't know. I don't know how that worked. Interesting. Or Mary Tyler Moore, whatever it was. Wasn't there a Bewitched? No, no, it was, it was Bewitched. And what was the other thing? I was watching a couple of things. It was Bewitched, uh, Bewitched, and, uh, and uh, Mary Tyler Moore show Mary for Tyler sure. Moore oh, okay, show, yeah. so those are the two that I possibly a third one. Yeah, it was pretty mm-hmm. funny. All right, here's uh, chatting it up with the bot. Morning, Barry. Morning, Sam. How are you today? Fine. Fine. How's the hand? Oh, it's a little sore. A little sore. It's okay. What's for breakfast? <laughs> What's for breakfast? What's for breakfast? <laughs> Just wants breakfast. What's for breakfast? I like that one. Breakfast. <laughs> Same uh, as always, beans in a bag. Yeah. Yeah. Here's hot, a, sauce? hot hot bag of beans. Yeah, hot bag of beans. Really hot. What's my sauce? No, my tummy hurts. Oh, my <laughs> tummy. Got a soft tummy. I'm going to barf blood later. Here's uh, here's uh, Kevin Spacey saying something about beans. Would you like some hot sauce on your beans? Wow. That's mm. Mm. <laughs> what to make of that. <laughs> a little yeah. bit. But not a euphemism. Not, oh, okay, a, euphemism. Okay. not a euphemism, but yeah. Here is but a in, in context. <laughs> exactly. All right. Here is <laughs> here is a uh, an argument about the best Pink Floyd album, but the problem is they're wrong about the name. All right. So here's that. It's the far side of the moon. No, it's the dark side of the moon, guys. Side. The dark side. Dark. Uh, searching. Searching for long range comms. Searching for long range comms. That would drive me nuts. Turn that shit off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we know you're searching just stop telling us you're doing just it. let me know when you get it or don't right. get it yeah. still searching uh, i call this one the stutter sure are you sure i like that it's mm-hmm. fun fun to hear him hitch it there a little bit in the middle uh here's another one what's going on all right there's not i, I like I, the <laughs> what's going on that's a very sam rockwell what's going on? yeah it is very him yeah but here's the thing this movie i don't have i mean i have like two more clips the reason i don't have like a million like i usually do is because Honestly, it's a lot of quiet time. It's, you know, it's him figuring stuff out, watching video screens, driving out to places, a lot of visual talking moments. Talking to his plants, talking oh, about chocolate. I know I didn't give it a grade yet, but the soundtrack, dude, is so I good. Loved it. It's yeah. so good. And it's the same dude who did the music for the other movie he did. You guys keep telling me to see on Netflix. Clint Mansell. Yes. He's great. And this is one of my... I. I didn't know I liked it so much until now. It's really good. Like quality, awesome, perfect kind of stuff. Very piano. Clint Mansell is one of these one of these people who does a lot of the same kind of stuff and sounds. Mm-hmm. And then as you go through his list, 
every now and then it's just oh wow yeah. so the the song is Lux Eterna mm-hmm. uh it it's not as big a deal uh when it's used in Requiem for a Dream like the the movie comes out and it's kind of a hard movie to watch right oh, yeah. and then uh Lux Eterna bed well <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so like Lux Eterna, but then they uh, someone gets the bright idea of taking that song and remixing it and making it Requiem for a Tower for the trailer for the Two Towers, mm-hmm. and then it is epic and classic. That song is now everywhere, mm-hmm. and it's a, like there was actually a point where I think people stopped using it because it was overexposed. Too that much, song. yeah. Yeah, it's like the '90s uh, when the '90s every trailer had blurs, woohoo, in it or whatever mm-hmm. that song is called. Yeah, or bad to the bone in the '80s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, most uh, looking through my list, uh, most underrated uh, Clint Mansell score is for The Wrestler. Uh, oh, it's check very that good. Out. It's, yeah. it's really good. It's very very good. He's got his own album he put out last year too. That's just original stuff. It's also very good. I, I kind of went down a hole with this guy. He's awesome. Um, all right, here's uh, <clears throat> talking to himself about whether he's comfy or not. I'm comfy? No. What? No. <laughs> I loved it. It's like I laughed so hard. Yeah. No. It's, no. It's really good. And when you know that they're, it's just him in two different takes, it's even better. Mm-hmm. So they, do, they do a really good job of having him play ping pong with himself. I was thinking about this... Um, watching yesterday just finished up the last season of the deuce which has two james franco's uh Mm -hmm. in it yeah and in the third season they do a great job they actually have um the the two of them hug and you know one plants a kiss on the other one and kind of like a just a shock moment like ah you just kissed him Mm. but uh it's so well done it's like wow that just looks like two james franco's kissing we've gotten good at the the actor playing two people it's no longer just an obvious split down the middle with some scene you can see exactly you're like oh the back of his head and that 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 stand-in is way shorter than he should be to be playing another character yeah this feels like a really good example of when that became invisible it's very good Mm -hmm. uh here's all the woos all i could think of is (laughs) he's got three days to travel uh you do have to poo. You're going to have to poo. Yeah. Right? You're going to be in there. I don't know. If you don't, if you don't eat, you don't poo. That's what I said. I didn't see, I didn't see him eat anything. I mean, the beans would have been the worst idea, but I didn't see the young clone eat Maybe anything. he never ate. That's a good point. All right. Yeah. I feel better. Just, drink, just uh, drink some water. You'll be fine. You have to pee, but that's all right. You can pee in one of the bottles. Yeah, just pee. Go ahead and pee. Don't poo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I mean, I, I, I don't have really bad claustrophobia. But if I'm in a place where I can, we talked about this, I think, during the Die Hard uh, mm-hmm. um, walking through the vents thing. If I'm in a place where I can't turn around, even if I'm crawling, right. I'm going to freak out. Mm. Yeah, so that would that would have made me freak out. I have yeah. too many muscle cramps not to have areas for me oh, to stretch. Yeah, yeah, that'd be bad. Oh, my God. That just gives me anxiety thinking about a muscle cramp. That you oh, can't you know, it just occurred out. to me. The reason oh. he sent that harvester after the, the transmitter I thought it was just because he was just trying to be a dick to those guys and screw him. But it was because if he didn't, his launch would have been tracked and they would have known he was on his way. They would have right. Yeah, would have received to, him. Yeah. yeah. He had to take down that uh, communications array entirely. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't like some kind of, uh, of just like destruction for destruction. Sake. Yeah, I guess. I don't know why I thought really that at cool the time. There. That's a meaningful. I didn't think about that either until just now. I, I thought That's it was point. because he was trying to give his 
future clone self a chance to oh, maybe re- I don't so, I so don't that the think, next guy wouldn't have to deal with what he had to deal with. I, I don't think he cares about all of those extra clones. Like mm-hmm. that, that's the, the that's the thing. Like I, I'm, I questioned a lot. How would I feel? Knowing mm-hmm. there's a bunch of Randys in boxes, mm-hmm. like eh, he doesn't really care. This I guy, mean, as I long as you don't it. activate them, right? They don't. They're not. They don't take on. I mean, then they're not. What am I trying to say? If you don't activate them, then they're not the. They're they're not real. I guess right yeah, now they're just dormant flesh. I guess I don't know. Then you get into the whole wall. <laughs> like what in this future? What what is where does the whole when does when life, does life start, start right? argument begin? Like when the chicken and yeah. egg stuff. I mean that's great because I love those conversations and this mm-hmm. is a. I, this I'm kind of here though with this. Uh, I'm pretty sure I would. I must hate myself. This is a good thought experiment. Could you imagine yourself if you had a if like had a, had a whole room full of you? I mean, I'm pretty sure I'd be punching myself. I I don't like myself that much apparently. <laughs> why you hate yourself? Realize, why you hate yourself? Yeah, I didn't realize how much I hated myself until I started that thought experiment. Experiment, and I was like, yeah, I would. I couldn't stand me. I would hate me. <laughs> it would drive me crazy to be just with you <laughs> yeah. and nobody else. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, your humans so need, uh, you know, the humans need the, the camaraderie. Right. When you like, get away from my computer. That's my computer. Exactly. Get away from my stuff. Exactly. <laughs> Clone two. All right. So, yeah. so Brian Dunaway, did you ever read The Time Traveler's Wife? I watched the movie. Does that count? No. I hear it's I bad. I don't know. Uh, I why, don't know. why would you watch that movie? I've never because, seen it. Um, I watched that movie too because it had time right. travel and I wanted to hate it. It had time travel. I know it was about, it was about time traveling. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine that the movie really went too far in depicting the part of the book that I'm thinking of, which is uh, where the main character encounters himself and spends in, time with himself. In, mm. yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. It's it's just, it's very particular. You would remember it if you'd read it and to right. leave it at that. Oh. There's moments of that. They, they they address some of that in the movie, but probably not to the degree of uh, of the movie. Didn't I mean, know that the book. Me. Yeah, I didn't know Mute had Paul Rudd in it. Sorry. It just, yes. Oh my gosh, Scott! I know. I got to get on this. It's been on Mule Netflix has, for like two years. I, I Mule know. Has, uh, has Mule has uh, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I heard. Hard to get though. Hard to watch it. <laughs> uh, all right. Time for this. Yeah. The film sack checklist just handed to me. Movie character with the same name as the actor? Check. Got Sam and Sam. Nice job there, guys. And pretty close on the last names, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, robot that is almost as grabby as Kevin Spacey himself? Check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and finally, breakfast space beans? Check. All right. Mm. All right. Daryl says no direct connections through Star Trek for our Trek connection. However, I would remind everyone that Sam Rockwell plugged basically a red shirt in Galaxy Quest. Which is a yeah. as close as you're going to get to a parody of Star Trek. So there you go, kind of a kind of a pseudo connection. Pretty close, yeah. Outside of that, there just aren't enough characters in this. I mean, or actors. There's just like four people. Yeah, I usually uh, whine about a movie not having any women or only having one woman, mm-hmm. but I don't know where you could have worked her in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you I had the one, you had the wife, but. It's not and the daughter, the mm-hmm. right. oh, and the daughter. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, sure. I, I just like the, there's just this is a, a movie about one guy. Yeah, so for sure, yeah. right, right, for sure. But you got your actors. Well, it's not, it's about, about one guy trapped not having enough women in it. Right, right. And by the way, the that lady, the moon with that lady who played right. his wife, was um, uh, Queen Maeve in uh, The Boys. That's who that is. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I looked that up and went, whoa, wait a minute. You don't look like her at all. Also, she has an accent here and doesn't in that. So I don't know if that's a real accent or 
She's really Irish? I didn't go that deep. I think she's really Irish. Okay. Yes, because it, she was going back to Ireland, right? Yeah, yeah. she's going back to the, Ireland. That was the joke in the movie. One day I'll be like Wonder Woman in this fake thing I called mean, The Boys. Her name is Dominique McGilligott. Oh, yeah, okay. So that's Ireland. How many McGilligots <laughs> do you know that aren't from Ireland? That's a great point. That's right, exactly. She's, uh, she's great on The Boys. Really good on there. Oh, she was also in House of Cards, apparently, too. Oh, oh. Uh, Kevin Spacey connection. <laughs> uh, he wasn't interested. No, he didn't into it. Uh, soundtrack great. I give it an A for amazing. Already mentioned why. It's very good. Uh, Twitter posts. This is where you guys sum it up in 280 characters or less. I think this time we should start with, oh, I don't know, Randy. Moon. A couple of really lonely dudes talking to the TV, and it talks back. Are you hearing this? Whoa. <laughs> Wow. Just like a Saturday night at Epitaph. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I knew it was coming. That participle would only dangle for so long. Uh, Dunaway. Moon, like Sam Rockwell's butt, is full of gas and craters. Oh, the movie. Yeah, I liked it too. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, we got Sam Rockwell it. butt in this. I forgot. Oh, yeah. No, 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 was, and I pointed at the screen and said, ah, look, a visual representation of the movie's title. Yep. Moon. Moon. We got Moon. Yeah, but I... I need you to do what Brian Dunaway and I have both done on the beginning of this thing. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna. Oh, man. All right. Well, with that note, let's go now to Brian Ibbett. Moon, a marooned out of tune buffoon, presumes to check out a dune in the vacuum one afternoon, and soon he's feeling the gloom and doom of discovering a tomb that's like a multi-person womb full of cocoons. Hey, can you see Neptune? <laughs> oh, wow. Beautiful. Look at all your oon rhyming. That's very good. Yeah. Lots of ooms. Slipped in a couple ooms. Too. A couple ooms. Mostly ooms. How many... Brian Dunaway, how many O's in Moon for you? Uh, it's, well, I usually use three, but I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm but clever that, like Just that. that kind of guy, yeah. I get it. All right, well, that's all well and good, except now there's this. I just handed this list of alternate titles. It was almost called, let's see, this one's a tricky one. Let me find it here. Here we go. It was almost called The Rockwell Files. All right, a little musical help. Sam rocks well. Sam rocks very well. Very Good well. job. Or Sons of Sam. <laughs> Get it? Because there's so many of them. There's just like hundreds of them down oh, there. Oh, that's cool. Uh, a quick email. This is from the, see, Dana, Dana Drendron. Dana Dendron. There you go. Dana Dendron. Dana Dendron. Yes. I, I better go water my Dana Dendron because yep. it's uh, yep. wilting. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's Dan Anderdan. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's dan anderdan sorry dan all right anderdan. he says this another movie to add to your list please phase four from 1974 another schlocky 70s sci-fi b movie along the lines of the swarm on a lower budget but with sentient ants uh like the sentient ones from ants. those saturday afternoon movies you remember watching as kids in the 80s currently on hulu and prime but expiring end of march oh man we're gonna miss it Oh, uh, hopefully it will come back soon to the streaming services you use for the show. Uh, here's the second. Uh, write that one down because phase four sounds amazing. Uh, second email t- uh, this week. I uh, got one from Adrian who says, hey, film sack guys, just wanted to check in a while back. I went and got you guys four DVDs of the true classic Mac and me. Uh, the, oh. movie, the movie has still never been on streaming. It will probably mm. never be on streaming, which is why I sent <laughs> DVDs. Just wondering if you're ever going to watch those. <laughs> I'll do it right now. Adrian, yes. The answer is we have never been great 
at when someone sends us stuff and we don't really have a policy for it. It's like we don't ask for them, but sometimes people are like, oh, I found this thing and you should watch it. And then they send it and then it becomes a little out of sight, out of mind. I mean, I've mailed that to everybody. We all have our copy yeah. of it. Mine's yeah. sitting right over there, but we just freaking forget that we have them. So we, and we need to do a better job, you know, because it's it's very easy for us to say, "Oh my God, look what just appeared on Netflix!" Let's mm-hmm. we got to do this one while it's there, mm-hmm. and we do forget about the ones that people have sent to us. So maybe what we need to do is just like say, "All right, once a month, we'll lock in one once every other month." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one one listener supported uh, once a quarter uh, submission. <laughs> yeah, quarter that's, that's kind of what it happens. What it happens, yeah. isn't it? Like once yeah. a quarter. I mean, if we because stuck... we got somebody sent us heavy metal, and we need to do heavy metal oh for this gosh. show. Yeah, freaking so John hard. Candy's in that thing. We gotta watch. Yes, that. So, with his dork hanging out. Exactly. And then one of the other problems we've run into is one we've done this before, where someone will send us a thing, it'll be six years and no, no streaming, and then suddenly that movie's streaming, and we'll all go, "Ooh, we gotta watch it because it's on streaming." And we forgot we mm-hmm. had the DVD the whole time. <laughs> right. Yes. So part of that yeah. is because we want you guys to have as much access to the stuff as we do. Uh, so oh, that's true. You know, that is a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a really good. That's point. a big part of it. So. Anyway, the point is, we'll come up with a way to do this better. And Adrian, I have no problem bumping these copies of uh, Sam and, and Me or Mac, Mac and, and, and I always just, yeah. I always just want to say to people who want to send us movies, just think about whether or not we're gonna want to watch the movie because I like, want to watch Mac and Me. It's it's fine, but there's there's been this thing for the last decade where every now and then someone just sends us the worst movie they've ever found, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like, yeah, but. I don't want to. I found this under a car in a parking lot. Could you guys watch it for film sack? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it happens right. sometimes. But, Social uh, engineering. Oh yeah. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll let you know, Adrian, when we get around to that. Our next film, though, will be Final Destination, the first one. Because, the first final destination. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The first of the final <laughs> destinations. Uh, there are like Finally, four of these, Destiny. right? Four of them, I think. There are four, I think. There's four of them. They're all streaming on Netflix. We'll see if you're going to want to go past the first. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen any of these movies. I haven't either. This will be a first for me. So Dun- I know Dunaway's had plenty. You've seen most of these, right? If not all of them. No, I've seen the first three. Okay. Four I have not seen. All right. So we're going to we're gonna have some some newbies and some not-so-newbies. Did it, Had everybody seen Moon before today? I think we yes. all had. Yes. Okay. That's just the kind of One nerds time. we are. Of course, we all saw it. But Final Destination just kind of passed me by. Didn't really find much interest in it. We are going to be interested in seeing it next week. So next week, Final Destination, the first film currently streaming on Netflix. After that, if it's still around, 2012. And after that, if it's still around, Space Jam. They're both on Netflix as well. So we got a little bit of a, a fun... Finally, uh, Space Jam. Yes, Space Jam should be fun. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that now that I think about it. Uh, isolation at home is driving me a little bit crazy. Yeah. I think we're all and uh, I just want to give a big thankful shout out to Netflix for uh, their their uh, traditional spring nutso documentary. <laughs> yeah, uh, you already you already brought it up, but I w- I can't help thinking back. Like uh, I guess it was two years ago now when that was uh, Wild Wild Country. It made me actually want to watch Wild Wild Country again. Mm-hmm. That was great. I what a cool documentary this. that was. I need more of those Netflix. More weird ass. Mm-hmm. grab me by the neck and not let go till you're done documentary series i just love them they're really you know good. who could have played joe exotic if he's i think he's a little old now but actually joe exotic's kind of old yeah. and uh that's david spade and you know, <laughs> it would be a very comedic joe dirt style exactly uh, wow though he's got you're right you're not wrong about the look though the look is right on 
Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. he looks like David Spade. Weird. Hadn't thought uh, of that. The, the Tiger King, again, is the title. If you haven't seen it yet, it's like the number one trending thing on Netflix for the last few days since it was released. And the um, other guy, I never want to go near in that documentary, just never want to go near. I don't want to be in the same state as Jeff Lowe, the guy, the Vegas guy. I don't oh, want to be anywhere. Oh, yeah, Jeff Lowe's creepy too. Yeah. Gives me the willies to no end. Cannot mm-hmm. figure out why that drop dead hot chick is hanging with that dude. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Oh, that you guys have to watch it. You. It, Final destination next week, but between now and then, binge that thing, and then come out on the other side dirty like us. Other thought, <laughs> other thought I had. I don't like um, how you're how you're asking Netflix to like grab you by the back back of neck and you know, keep you until they're done, and then I don't know. You got this unhealthy relationship with Netflix right now that is disturbing me. Uh, the The worst part of this week is there was a big stimulus pass uh, package passed, and there's some stuff for the arts in there. And people who are at home for 17 days, binging on Netflix, binging on Hulu, watching stuff on Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, whatever, are complaining that there's stuff in there to help bail out the arts. And I'm like, do you know what you're doing, what you're watching right now? Do you know where all this, do you have any idea why this exists? So just all I'm saying is be grateful you got these things. If this was 1989, we would all be a lot more miserable at this stage uh, and that was my that was my original point yeah. i'm so happy that netflix dropped this thing it's it's so you know like it's real documentary entertainment and it made me actually wish for other things that could have never been like the podcast s town which if you haven't listened to s town you need to listen to s town should have been one of these kinds of documentaries it would have been so great if s town had been on video mm-hmm. i agree s town catch it all right i think we're done i'll probably look for the wrong thing on netflix if i'm looking for s town you'll find uh (laughs) downtown or something uh all right so join us next week for that if you wouldn't mind in the meantime filmsack.com is the website it still exists and it's a place for you to go and find all our archives all the links that matter everything's there you can contact us there all of it so check it out filmsack.com you can also leave us voicemails 801-471-0462 and you can email us filmsack at gmail.com the website also has a form now where you can just fill it out and send it without having to go create an email. You just send it. You don't have to put even an accurate name or email in there. You just send your message. That's faster and easier for you. That's at filmsack.com. Leave us reviews wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. You comfy? We'll see you next time. No. No. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. It was for breakfast. I'm pretty sure I'd be punching myself. I I don't like myself that much, apparently. (laughs)